what I'm going to try to do is uh, lay out the theme and really the purpose behind this conference and ask the question, who is Jesus Christ? It's the question at the premise and at the heart of this whole conference. And so I, I want to ask that question. The identity of Jesus Christ has been a topic of debate and discussion ever since and even before he was born. Uh, it goes back further than that. And there has always been questions about Christ. Uh, we put in our promotions that his name has been uh, debated, disputed, denied, disrespect him. But whether you reject Christ, whether you respect him, or whether you revere him and worship him, you can't ignore Christ. Uh, he stands out in such a way that he is worthy of everyone's consideration. Everyone has to at least think about who Christ is. This is a question that everyone has to come up with an answer for. And ultimately, we believe that it's the most important question that everyone has to answer for. We believe the question of Christ is worth your consideration. The person of Christ is worthy. He stands singularly from all men that lived before or after. Um, even, even Christ's critics will acknowledge that his life has been singularly uh, effective and, and has had ripples all throughout history. You can trace so much of what is today back to this one singular character who quite literally changed the world. Uh, because of this, the stature of Christ, it is worth our investigation. It's like the tallest peak in a mountain range just calling to be examined. It's like the bright moon in the night sky that, that is, it is calling to be explored. Uh, Christ stands out in such a way that is worthy of our attention. When something stands out, you investigate it. If something seems different, something seems odd, something seems out of place, you're going to turn aside. And you're going to go and see, right? Like Moses, who saw a bush that burned with fire but wasn't consumed. It says he turned aside to see that. That's strange. I don't see that every day. This is something different. And Christ is like that. The things that he did, the things that he said, the way that he lived is entirely different. And the people who were around him in his day had the same kind of considerations. Many revere other people. Many revere Prophet Muhammad and would place him on a pedestal with or even above Christ. But even Muhammad himself attributed a unique status to Jesus above all of the prophets. And I've been personally surprised to see the stature that Christ has even within the religion of Islam to where uh, really none can stand next to him. He had a unique birth by a virgin, performed miracles, even raised the dead. Uh, this is something that no one else can claim. Christ is singular in his abilities even in those traditions. Today, Christ is revered by billions of people. I would say is the most recognizable name in all of history, uh, the name of Christ. Uh, wherever Christ has gone, uh, Christmas has gone, and, and the, the, the name of Christ goes in all of those places, and everyone knows this name and this character. Out, outside of Christianity and Islam, even in Hindu, Hinduism and Buddhism, Jesus Christ is revered as, as a as a moral teacher and an enlightened teacher. He stands as the most, probably the most controversial, but certainly the most unique character in all of human history. And so this character is one that is worth our consideration. My task in this opening session of the conference is not to exhaust the subject. I'm not going to cover everything there is to say about Christ. And my task is not even to convince you of my idea of Christ in this first session. My purpose and my goal is to just convince you to consider it, that it's worthy of your time, it's worthy of your thought. 
And I want to give you some, some of the evidences and some of the conclusions that I've arrived at as a Christian in my considerations of Christ. How do Christians approach Christ? How do they end up with the Christ character in their mind um, based on the evidences that we have of Christ? Now, these arguments that I'm going to give tonight all assume the existence of God and the existence of Christ. Now, if you're an atheist or a skeptic in the sense that you would deny even the existence of God or the existence of Christ, then we can have that argument as well. But I'm going to assume it, and most do. Even those who might deny the existence of God have a hard time denying the existence of Christ because Christ was a man of history. He existed in history. And, and there are multiple outside attestations to the existence of Christ just from history alone. If we didn't even have a Bible, if we didn't even have any other of the, of the scriptural writings, we would know that there was a man who existed whose name was Jesus, who had the title of Christ, who was crucified, was reported alive again, and then it doesn't take uh, much perspective to look back and see how that changed all of human history. That was a turning point. Yeah. Those who would deny the existence of Christ have to come to terms with the fact that we literally measure time by his birth and his life and his death. Yeah. Uh, every, every, every time you check the date or look at the time, you're doing so in the A.D., the year of our Lord, so many years after Christ came. It was a, a, div a divider and a marking point. And so we're going to assume the existence of Christ, and, and most do. I have not seen many that can honestly attest to, honestly or scholarly, uh, argue against the existence of Christ. Uh, he was not a myth. He was a man. He did exist. And because he did exist in such a unique way, as I've already attested to, he's worthy of our consideration. We, gotta, we have to dig a little deeper. We need to look a little closer. We've got to ask some questions and make sure that we have answers that, that we can follow. There are many questions around the person of Christ that are worth our consideration, but they all strike at this central question. Who was he? Who was he? And this is the question that everybody that asked met him. Who is this guy? Who is he? And Christ even asked of himself to his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He was asking them their, not just their opinion, but what are people saying about me? And what that question revealed is that there, even in Christ's day, while he was still alive, there were a lot of ideas people had about who Christ was. And they gave their ideas. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Isaiah. Some say you're Jeremiah. So they thought he was some, some other prophet reincarnated or in the spirit of. And so even the ideas that they had of Christ uh, were unique ideas. He wasn't just an ordinary person. He was different. And people were trying to figure out what made him different even in that day. And so this is the question of our whole conference, and this is the question of tonight. Who is Christ? Simon Peter had the famous answer to that question in Matthew chapter 16 and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. We can't answer the identity of who Jesus is without understanding this name. Who Jesus is, he is the Christ. This is a title. This is a designation. This is something that obviously is the theme of our conference. I'm not answering that question for you in this first part, but it's going to be answered much more thoroughly by some of the guys that are going to follow me. But that is the answer. He is the Christ. The next question is, what does that mean? What is Christ? What does that mean? And, and, and what is the significance of it? We want to look in and, and ask that question and, and come after it. Other people, when they looked at him, uh, asked the question, what manner of man is this? His disciples, after he displayed miraculous power, 
uh, now miracles, you may have the idea that they're all throughout the Bible. They're actually pretty rare, <laughs> even in the Bible and in history. And so the fact that someone was doing miracles, this is something that they didn't see every day. And they asked the question, what manner of man is this? Yeah. In the book of Luke, we read, and all bear witness and wondered at his at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? You see, there was a lot of head scratching about Christ, even in his day. They couldn't place him. They couldn't figure him out. And, and they were trying to make sense of these amazing words that he was saying and amazing acts that he was uh, doing. So the question is, who is Christ? Is Jesus a man or God or both? And how do those things work together? This is something that everyone needs to understand. Obviously, the Christian, it should be a no surprise to anyone that as a Christian, I believe Jesus Christ to be God. I believe that he is God. I believe that he was 100% God and 100% man, that he had a divine nature and a human nature. Yeah. Now, that's an answer that's worthy of an investigation all by itself, and maybe we'll have the chance to do that throughout the scope of this conference. But that's what I believe. And so I want to ask the question, why do I believe that? Why do Christians believe that? Because it may seem a crazy thing to believe, but I, I, I want you to see that there is some reason that we have behind this. We've come to this conclusion, and this has been the question of history, and many have wrestled with this question before us, and will continue to wrestle with it after us. But we come to this conclusion based on the claims of Christ himself. What was so unique about Jesus? Obviously, he did some amazing things. He said some amazing things. But the most amazing things that Jesus said were his claims to be God. Jesus claimed to be God. He clearly claimed to be God. Now, there are many who would argue against this very first premise and, and would attack me right off the bat here and say, no, Christ never claimed to be God. And I, I, I say that's a hard argument to make based on the scriptures. It's clear in the Bible that Christ claimed to be God. Now, he may not have said the exact words that you're looking for, but in his works and his miracles, and in everything that he did, he was claiming equal status with God. He was claiming a divine nature. From a straightforward reading of the Gospels, it's undeniable that Christ claimed to be God, and everybody around him knew it. However, many have leveled arguments against this very central premise of the Christian faith. But without doing some serious editing of the Gospels, which some people try, try to uh, do it that way, the evidence of Christ's self-awareness as God and his very public claims to be God are very hard to deny. If Christ did indeed claim to be God, which we believe that he did, that leaves us with only a few possible options. And this is a classic uh, Christian apologetic argument. If Christ claimed to be God, we are only left with three options, really. We could conclude that he was a liar who knew he wasn't God, yet still claimed to be God and misre misrepresented himself. We could claim he was a lunatic who only thought he was God when he indeed was not God. Or we can conclude that he spoke the truth and that he was exactly who he said he was Amen. and that he knew it Amen. and that he proved it. And, and I, 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 I will stand by the logic of this argument. If Christ did indeed claim to be God, this is a valid yeah. uh, dilemma that you are faced with. Yeah. We have to choose one of these options. Did Jesus claim to be God, uh, we would say yes. And one of the arguments that we're going to uh, follow in this conference is that not only did Jesus claim himself to be God, but the whole Old Testament set him up to be God. The whole Bible claims him to be God. And, and it ties him to his title of Messiah is a title that claims him deity. 
And we want to show that to you and show you some evidence for that. But this argument can be traced back to C.S. Lewis, the classic Christian author and apologist who uh, said this in his book, Mere Christianity. He wrote, I am trying to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people say about him being Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. This is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg or else he would be the very devil of hell. And so Lewis, with his classic wit and humor, makes this logical argument that places us in a dilemma. We have to choose. We have to come to a conclusion on who Christ is, and our options are limited. We believe that Christ claimed to be God, and I'm going to give you some summaries of this. And again, these are ones that we're going to develop in full. But Jesus claimed to be Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, when he said, Before Abraham was, I am. He claimed equality with God on many occasions with statements like, I and the Father are one. Or he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Placing himself on equal ground. His works, just as much as his words, were claims of his deity. Not only did he do miraculous deeds in in healing the sick and, and the blind and the deaf and the lame, But he also claimed to have the power to forgive sins. And this is one that was particularly offensive to those that were around him. Because they understood that the claim to forgive sins was something that only God could do. And Christ, in light of that accusation, continued to make that claim. And continued to tell people, not only rise up and be whole, but your sins are forgiven you. And so he, he claimed to be God. He was very self-aware of this, and he operated in a manner which only someone who believed that would. Jesus claims to forgive sins. His acceptance of worship on multiple occasions are all clear evidences that Christ not only was God, but he knew it. He knew himself to be God. He was aware of his divine nature, and he was aware of his divine mission. Christ was not alone in considering himself to be God. All those that surrounded him, his disciples, even his family eventually came to realize that Christ was exactly who he said he was. People that he had long interactions with came to this conclusion. Even his enemies came to this conclusion in many occasions to completely turn around, change their opinion. His many followers clearly believed And publicly proclaimed him to be God. And even his enemies, the Jewish religious leaders, they were at least clear that he claimed to be God, even if they didn't agree with him. And ultimately, one of the great evidences that Christ did claim to be God is that this was the crime for which he was executed. If Christ never claimed to be God, then what was he killed for? What did they put him on the cross for? All right? It wasn't for stealing. That was maybe the guys next to him were for stealing. They were more general criminals. But it was for the crime of blasphemy. It was for claiming himself to be the God, the King of the Jews, as he did, that he was put on the cross. And so if Christ never claimed to be God, what was he hanging on the cross for? This was the crime that ultimately sentenced him. And the, the, the whole account around the sentencing makes it very clear that Christ knew who he was, and he didn't hide from the fact, even when he was pressed on it. The fact that he was claimed to be God was so well known, it led to his crucifixion. 
there will be much further defense of the claims of Christ in this conference. And they're worthy of so much more investigation. I just wanted to open with an overview to say, this is why we arrive at this dilemma. This is what the question brings to us. Now, if Christ has indeed claimed to be God, we have to deal with some of these other possibilities because the claim only has two possible options. It's either true or it's false. And if you want it to be false, it creates the two other possibilities. Either he knew it was false or he didn't, making him in one case a liar and in the other case a lunatic. So we'll ask the question, was Jesus lying? Was Jesus lying about being God? Was, was he an imposter? Was he a trickster? Was he uh, perpetrating a great hoax on the human race? I don't think this is a, a good argument. I don't think this is a, a logical argument. I don't think this is an argument that can hold any kind of water. Because if Christ did indeed lie, then this is a hoax of epic proportions. This is not just hypocritical, but incredibly evil, wicked. Because millions and millions have staked their very lives and eternities on the claims and the words of Jesus Christ. And if he deceived all of those people, then not only would he not be God, but as C.S. Lewis said, he must be the devil. Right. And I don't think anybody's willing to go there with Christ because it doesn't make sense of the man that Christ was. Right. Again, many people don't want to accept Christ as God, but all those other people are very willing to accept Christ as a good person and as a moral teacher and acknowledge that the teaching of Christ is, is superior morally to all of the teachers before and after and that he's this great example to live by. Right. They want to accept the golden rule and they want to accept love your neighbor. They want to accept the morality of Christ. But you can't do that and reject his other claim and call him a liar. Right. Because a lying Christ is not a great moral example. The apologist Josh McDowell reasons, How could Jesus, as a liar, a con man, evil, foolish, leave us with the most profound moral instruction and the most powerful moral example in history? The notion itself is very incredible. This just does not match the character of Christ who lived the most incredibly selfless, loving, and inspiring life of all time. Right. And, and I don't think anybody disagrees with me on that. It, it, to, to call Christ a liar simply doesn't fit. Beyond this, what motive did Jesus have to lie? And what did he gain from this lie? Uh, J. Warner Wallace is a, a, a criminal detective who's written a number of Christian apologetic books. And um, he, he's examined in the book Cold Case Christianity uh, three possible motives for misbehavior in criminal investigation. Three possible motives, either financial greed, sexual desire, or the pursuit of power. None of these are even plausible in Christ's case. Because Christ did not, if this was a lie, he didn't benefit from the lie in any of those ways. He rejected power. He was a servant to all. Never even owned property. He rejected wealth. Uh, never owned a home. He, 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 he did not seek romantic relationships, was never married. If, if Christ was lying, what was he doing it for? What did he gain? Right. Ultimately, it would, led to his death. If he, if he was lying, all it, all it earned him was a cross. Not a very good reward for such a hoax. He had no wealth to speak of. He treated women with respect. He had no romantic relationship. He demonstrated his greatness as being a servant. He was not, by any plausible explanation, a liar. So we ask the other question. If Christ isn't a liar, was he crazy? Is it possible that he really thought he was God, but he wasn't? I mean, we would all agree that if we met somebody, if someone walked in here today and claimed to be God, right. 
uh, we'd, we'd, well, we'd keep our eye on that person. Uh, we, we understand that's a crazy thing to say. In fact, it's probably the craziest thing you can say uh, to, to, to claim to be God. And yet Christ clearly claimed this. And so we have to ask the question, if he wasn't lying, was he crazy? Was he himself deceived, falsely claiming to be God and truly believing it would be the height of lunacy? But again, this simply doesn't make sense of the person that Christ was and the influence that Christ had. Christ displayed the deepest wisdom and insight, intellect, and understanding of human nature that has ever been. He left the most educated minds baffled, amazed at his sayings. And they said, no one's ever spoken like this. No one's ever taught like this. He, he, he speaks with an authority like we've never seen or heard. Uh, his, his mind was unmatched. I love reading the gospel accounts and, and seeing the, sometimes the wit of Christ come yeah, across. Right. So sharp and so clear, so direct with his answers, so quick with his responses that always disarmed whatever assault was coming at him. Yeah. He had an ability to, to see in and see through people's minds and their motives, to know their thoughts. To, to call him crazy simply doesn't fit. Christ was an incredibly inspiring leader. He, he had men that were extremely devoted to him, who eventually would give their lives for him. Yeah. People don't show that kind of dedication to someone that is clearly crazy. Right. If Christ is crazy, then you have to say everybody else who followed him was right. to the same level. Historian Philip Schaff said of Christ is such an intellect as clear as the sky, as bracing as the mountain air, sharp and penetrating as a sword, thoroughly healthy and vigorous, always ready and self-possessed, liable to a radical and most serious delusion concerning his own character and mission. What a preposterous imagination. Yeah. Jesus simply did not show any signs of such an immense delusion. I don't think you can say Christ was lying. I don't think you can say Christ was crazy. And so if, if Christ did claim to be God, then we're left with that last option. Right. That we must accept that he was who he said he was. And that's, as a Christian, where I choose the third option and choose to fall down and worship Christ as God. Amen. To believe that he is who he said he was. Now, is there some other option? Many have tried to escape this dilemma, escape this to question, by, by throwing out other options. And yet every option that I've heard uh, offered still falls under one of those categories. Right. Either he knew he wasn't or he didn't know. He was a liar or he was crazy. Right. And they fall into that in some sense. Now, some, again, might claim that Christ was a myth and he never existed at all. And I'll argue that is an even crazier position than calling him a liar or a lunatic. Right. That's a harder position to take. This is a very real response. However, it's not a new one. While some might choose to argue that the Bible never claims deity for Christ or that he never claims it for himself, more people will take the route and many Muslims will take the route to, to try to argue instead that the New Testament has been corrupted and that the Bible does say those things, but the New Testament's been so changed, it's been so corrupted beyond any trustworthiness. We can't put any stock in it. We can't trust it. We, 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 can, we can put no faith in those accounts. All of those things have been uh, manufactured. All of those claims 
have been invented and inserted into the Bible after the death of Christ. I believe this is not a valid escape either from the argument. The New Testament, especially the Gospels, are easily verifiable historical documents. Again, uh, Josh McDowell states that without question, the New Testament boasts the best attested manuscript transmission when compared with other ancient documents. Right. If we can't trust the Bible, then we can't trust any history at all. Right. Then we know nothing. Right. Beyond the, the manuscript evidence, which we have an entire session in the conference on, can we trust the Bible? Right. That will go into detail evidence of this much more than I'm going to here. I'm simply telling you what my conclusion is on this matter. The words of Christ are more historically verifiable than those of any other person from his era. We have more evidence that Jesus Christ existed than that Julius Caesar existed. And I don't think I'm exaggerating it, when it comes to uh, manuscript and archaeological evidence. All of these things point clearly to his existence. The Gospels satisfy all requirements placed upon authentic history when given a fair evaluation, applying the same criteria as secular history. The Christian answer to the question of Christ stands on these foundations. That Christ did claim to be God. That the New Testament can be trusted. We would even place a third pillar of support on the deity of Jesus Christ, and that is the singular act of his resurrection. Yeah. Which is not the focus of this conference, but will be the focus of our conference in the future. Because I believe it's an incredibly important uh, support for our belief. The conclusions available to respond to the claims of Christ are best last to Lewis. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. <clears throat> you can spit at him, kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come to him with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. Right. He has not left that open to us and he did not intend to. Mm. I, I want to press you with this question on, on the basis of this evidence. But I want to press you to consider the question on one of their grounds. And that is the consequence of the question of Christ. Not, not only do I believe there's a lot of compelling evidence that you need to examine for yourself. You need to look into this. And you need to consider it. If, you, if something doesn't make sense, you need to inquire. You need to pursue this. But I want to press with you the consequence of this question. Because according to Christianity, and according to Islam, to be on the wrong side of this question of the deity of Jesus Christ is to be on the wrong side of God. And is ultimately to be on the wrong side of eternity. Right. And so I think Christians, Muslims would both agree that's a very serious question that we're talking about. Yeah. And I hope you will allow us the space to, to, to press you on the importance of this question. I, I am not exaggerating when I say this is the single most important question of your entire life and existence. Right. We believe that proper knowledge of Jesus Christ is essential. We desire to make him known, but ultimately everyone must make a decision on the identity of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 5, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Christ's person, his identity, his name, this title of Christ, is, according to scriptures, tied 
to the faith that saves us. Ties to our regeneration. Ties to our eternal destination. This is an important question. If I were confident that the water in my home were completely safe, but I met someone, a neighbor, who was 100% convinced that it was going to kill me, would that be worthy at least looking into? Yeah. I mean, if the consequence, according to him, was my death, like it's, it's, it's literally going to kill you, even if I don't agree with him, even if I think he's crazy, I think it's worthy of investigation. Yeah. Now, you can disagree with me, and you can think I'm crazy. A lot of people do. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to tell you that I believe this 100%. And when you find someone that believes something with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their mind, and is willing to plead with you and compel you to consider the danger, to, to consider the consequences, then I think that person is at least worth a little bit of attention. Yeah. It's worth listening to. It's worth looking into. And ultimately, what is it going to hurt you to, to look into it? What's going to hurt you to ask some questions? Ultimately, we, we believe that everyone is free and, and required to do this, to work these things out in your own mind, to think for yourself. Paul in the book of Romans said, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. And what I want for every single one of you is that, yeah. to be fully persuaded in your own mind. Yeah. And I don't want you to be fully persuaded without hearing what the Bible has to say. In this conference, we are examining the question of Christ and offering a Christian perspective. I believe the uniqueness of Christ alone demands investigation, but I would compel you that certainly the consequence of this question, the fact that so many people believe this question to be the question, is worthy of your consideration. So I'm challenging you tonight, all of you here and all of you watching, to consider Christ. Consider who he is. Hear what we have to say. And if you disagree with it, let us know. If you have some questions, let us know. We want to hear from you, and we want to help you. We want you to understand why we believe what we believe. And we, 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 we are thankful to have the opportunity to do that through this conference. This question is worth considering. Who is Christ? Ultimately, you have to decide. But I have decided, and I, I, I want you to take this question seriously. Again, you're going to hear a lot of different ideas. And if you don't believe Christ is God, you're going to hear some things you don't agree with. But I want to tell you that that's a healthy thing. We, we, we need the discussion. We need the challenge. We need the debate. And I'm inviting you to join us in the examination of this question. Ultimately, as Christians, we do this out of love. That's right. <laughs> we, we do this not because we hate anybody. Right. Not because we just want everybody to, to, to be like us. But we love you and and we believe that if we didn't tell you what we had to say about christ and we didn't we didn't give you this evidence and didn't give you this information that would not be a very loving thing Amen. and so we do this in the spirit of christ out of a love for our neighbors and and and, and a desire to make christ known to you and so i encourage you those of you that are here with us those of you that are watching to stick with it and hear out all that we have to say because there's a lot to consider and there's a lot of very compelling evidence about the person of Jesus Christ.